All right. I'm glad you started with prayer. Because our topic today. Yeah. Should we start it? All right. Our topic today is about prayer and unlocking the door to answered prayer. So before we start, I just want to ask you like a general question. Um, how many of you feel like we were never truly taught about prayer? Or I, I was supposed to answer. Yes, just like expected to know what prayer is. Most of us were never, you know, had received any formal education about prayer with um, biblical reasoning. So, which is why that when we are oftentimes taught about or we're talking about prayer, the topic of prayer and the act of prayer is one that is sensitive and oftentimes brings guilt because um, um, it kind of puts a highlight or like a spotlight on how we pray and how close we are uh, to God and our prayer life in general. I think one of the most, the problem we have that causes this type of feeling and this guilt that we have is because we have a preconceived idea of what prayer is. Um, we set for ourselves. We never really looked at, uh, I'm talk- I might be talking about myself, but we, I had a, a preconceived idea of what prayer is for myself. And there are other numerous teaching about prayers and what it is and what entails that is actually confusing because everyone is saying their interpretation of what prayer is. So when we look at uh, what the Bible actually says, um, we're going to be reading 1 John 5, 14 to 15. Just hold on to that before uh, I'll let whoever is my reader, I'll let you know. 1 John 5, 14 to 15. Yes. So here it's Apostle John in the Bible where he clears up um, what this confusion is about prayer by telling us the key elements of what prayer is, which is one, confidence in prayer. So this is having confidence in our prayer life. And two is the privileged prayer. So having the privilege to pray. So this is the privilege given to us to pray and communicate with God. Um, so what does our current prayer life is like? So how does the world or media utilize prayer um, currently? So we're familiar how we're familiar with how um, prayer utilized in the public and media setting. This is where when there is always a crisis, you pray, right? So if there's any sickness, death, war, you know, during COVID, people are saying, you have my best wishes <laughs> and my prayer. But like, what does that actually mean? Like, are you praying for me every day? Or are you just saying that? Um, like, is this a wishful thinking situation that you're like hoping that this God, that's a genie, just kind of provide you with this? Positive vibe. Yes, with this that's positive vibe. <clears throat> 
grant you the wishes that you want. Um, so it's like this preconceived idea of prayer is like if you wish it hard enough, if you like knock hard enough, then it will happen. You're manifesting it. Um, but this is exactly how most people think about what prayer is. It's a way to ask God to grant you your wishes and desire. Um, but that's not exactly what the Bible says about prayer. So, if, like, for example, have any of you, I don't know, this might be a Habisha thing, but when you were little, um, a parent or an elder would put a coin in their hand and they hold it and they tell you, if you can open up my finger, you can have this coin. So, you try hard. I don't know if this... Have you guys ever met yeah. anyone else? No. No? It's okay. Chocolate, maybe, okay. money, I don't know, something. But usually it's a coin. They'll... <laughs> I did, don't worry. We're all, we were all you did it, right? Yeah. So, like, I was like, I'm not the only one who did this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you, they put it in their finger, in their hand. And if you can open it with sheer will, or sometimes you just let, you know, no. Yeah, <laughs> or they'll just like you know since you, you try hard enough they'll open it for you and then you take that coin you run away to the store yes you run away to suk and then you buy yourself a gum or a candy hmm? no we No, so aside from the poverty candy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's only like this stuff kind of exactly. That's the one. Do you want this stuff kind of makeup and you can No. Guys, this is alienating. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay, so. I, yeah. I don't know what that, like, There's jelly no ranchers versus <laughs> chocolate. I don't know. No, <laughs> like Jolly Ranch versus Snickers, 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 Okay, yeah, back to <laughs> our prayer. Okay, topic. So, basically, I use this as an example of how people actually think about what prayer is. If you try hard enough, if you can open this God to give you everything you need. And I'm not going to lie, I was one of those people. Like, if I pray. <laughs> pray hard enough this will happen so if I beg hard enough then I'll be able to get my desire and we are all guilty of doing this how many of us have said to God God if you let me pass this exam oh, for real if you let me pass this exam and he does it and you run away there's no thank you and nothing like that like okay and then you come back and you're like, God, if you give me this job, please. <laughs> if you give me this job. I'm not saying don't pray about these things. I'm just saying. How are you going into these things? It's like, if you need a job, I swear I'll pray. Every single day. You bargain with God. If you, if you let me get this job, then, you know, I'm set. Like, I'll tie and everything and then 
once you get it, you run away. You run away. And then, <laughs> and then you want something else. Maybe a family, maybe, maybe a marriage, or a higher paying job, or your family's sick or something. So you come back and ask again. And you think of this as a way God is like in a business of fulfilling wishes. Like, make a wish foundation. I'm sorry, those are for kids, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. no, those are for kids that are terminally ill that just want to die. Oh, I thought it was just cancer kids. Anyways, okay, okay. Okay, 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 I'm sorry, I was not politically Okay, so. So basically, Santa Claus. Yes, he's not in. Um, he's Santa Claus, not real. But. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but. <laughs> just letting you know. You're 24 at this point. <laughs> um, so he's not in the business of fulfilling your wishes. Um, so this is not what prayer is. So let's look at what prayer is actually. According to the Bible. So if you would read 1 John 5, 14 to 15. And, and this is the boldness we have in him. That if we ask anything, according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have obtained the request made of him. Thank you. Um, so I think NIV is says confident. Yeah. Yeah. Confidence. This is the confidence. This, we have yes. yes. New this is. Wait. You just have to say okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, and that, and I this is the confidence. Oh, okay. It kind of goes with, with the my two topics. Okay. Uh, this is the confidence we have in approaching God. If we ask anything according to what His will, like no matter how much you're crying. And begging, if it's not within his will, if it's not within his domain, or everything's within his domain, but if it's not within his plan for your life, it's not going to happen. Um, this is one of the most important statements about prayer um, in general. But in John fourteen fourteen, it also says that you may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. And most people use this as a uh, verse as a way to ask whatever they want. So they kind of like pick and choose what they want um, to hear. But they go into this with the wrong thing. So <clears throat> the wrong motive, um, the wrong, with the wrong spirit, with uh, selfish ambition, and with self-serving things. Self-serving. Thank you. Self-serving things. Uh, and when they're not answered, when these prayers are not answered, they get angry and blame God about him not listening to their prayer and their request. Um, so when we look at uh, verse 14 again, this is the confidence if we ask according to the, his will. So the confidence comes from 
And yes, where does this confidence that God gave us to ask him? Yes? I know that. <laughs> but I don't know, like, let me reword this question. So what is this confidence that God is saying that you have the confidence to ask if it is within my will? Is that what the answer in verse 13, right before it? Mm-hmm. I read these things to you, leaving the name of the Son of God, so you may know you have eternal life, so it's the confidence you have in the Son of God, mm-hmm. Jesus. Yes. Yes. Okay. Good. 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 That confidence comes from our intimacy with God mm. and his word. Mm. So if we have deep love for God, deep knowledge of God from his word, his desire, his plan for our life and commitment and longing to ensure our life is within his will. So this is where our confidence comes from, our intimacy with knowing his will. If we have this deep desire to obey God no matter what, um, then we know what his will is. Does that make sense? Okay. Um, So, in the presence of this deep desire, we will find ourselves only asking to which what is within his will. So, you kind of become connected with him. Have you ever prayed a prayer where you start out with like asking for whatever you want but then the spirit hits you and you kind of abandon everything and you only ask for what is within his will which is to be just like him to love him to love others the way he loved us so that is what this confidence is um also okay that's that (laughs) and um i also wanted to go over to like what other verses that people use to kind of take away from what the Bible says from what the prayer is about. Um, If we go to Psalms 37 and 4, and people have quoted this verse a lot. Once you read it, you'll know. Take delight in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. Okay. Most of the time, when I hear this verse, it might just be me. They always say, "God will give you the desire of your heart." But they never bring up what what comes from. So, like the verse before, what are we doing? We're delighting ourselves in the Lord, um, meaning that we are within His will, within the desire of His, and within we are aligned within what He has planned for us. So, if we're delighting in the Lord, within His will, then. He will give us the desire of our heart, which is his will. Okay. Um, so, um, 
This means if you're not delighting in the Lord, um, uh, why would you expect your desire to be fulfilled? Um, prayer is not wanting God to see things your way. It is not extracting from God the things you want. It is not a way to convince God to do, to do things you desire um, and that are outside of his will, but um, within your selfish desire. It is, prayer is not any of those things. Confidence in prayer means speaking to God with respect, reverence, and submitting to his will, even if you don't agree. Um, the confidence is not uh, derived from arrogance or who we are or what we've done for God or for his house or for his people, but comes from his grace. So that we don't get to have an excuse. Uh, I've done this and this, so I deserve this and this. That's arrogance, and that prayer will never be answered. So if you pray according to his will, <clears throat> the will of God, his word, um, and for the glory of God, then the prayer will be answered or has already been answered because he knows what our desires are in our heart. And most importantly, um, prayer is dependent on the person that is praying, willingness to engage in a spiritual warfare and um, to align ourselves to the will of God because Ephesians 6 12 says we do not we do not fight against flesh and blood but against principality of power and uh, what was it? powers of the unseen world yeah <laughs> you want to read it? further along in Ephesians you guys want for we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world against mighty powers in this dark world and against evil spirits in the heavenly places mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. so within prayer there is also a spiritual battle we have to engage in mm -hmm. um which, like, in, I don't know if, how many of you guys have read in Daniel? Daniel? Mm -hmm. So, when Daniel was praying for, like, three weeks. Was it three weeks? Yeah. And then the prayer was answered, but it, was, it took him long to hear about his answer to prayer. And then the angel came to him and said, the, the neighboring kingdom, the king, was fighting that prayer. So... That means there is a spiritual warfare going on that is preventing your prayer from being answered, but it's already been heard. You just don't see it yet. If it's within the will of God. Um, um, so, in general, how can we pray the will of God when we are? Like, how do we expect God to answer and be within his will? when we are living outside of his will, first of all. These are things we have to search within our heart before we start praying. And um, when our life is contrary to his will, we can't and that prayer won't be answered. So next we can look at, um, any questions so far?
Yes. Well, I have a question. Okay. I have a question, one clarification. Okay. So, I, I agree with you just that, mm -hmm. just that, like, it's like, a, how do you know that you're, so you're praying according to God's will when it's not, like, clear-cut? Because I understand if you're, like, you're praying for a job, right? Mm -hmm. And it's like, obviously, like, like, that, that could be self-serving, right? It's mm -hmm. like, okay, I want this job because X, Y, Z, I want more money, whatever it is, right? I mean, like, either way. But, like, <coughs> you're saying, like, okay, it's not the end of the world if I don't do this job. God, but you're done, who are you doing, like, in the industry, right? Mm -hmm. But what if something, it's something that, like, if you're, if you're praying for, like, healing from someone that you love, right? Mm -hmm. How do you... How do you like make sense of the fact that they may not get you, and that was the will of God? You know and I mean, like, what do yeah. you pray in that moment? Like, God, that your will be done while they're they're dying, or you pray like, you know, God heal them, right? That's what yeah. you pray. Yeah. So how do you that's in the will of God? You see what I'm saying? So are you saying how do you accept the fact that that might not be in the will of God? Or like just in the prayer, like right, mm -hmm. you're praying. Mm -hmm. When we pray, we want to be in the will of God, like right, like yeah. That's, we pray, we want to be aligned in whatever his plan is, that's the goal, right? We pray to be in, in, in alignment. Mm -hmm. um, but if you're praying for that is good, mm -hmm. right, like healing, but that's not the outcome, does that mean your prayer was not in alignment with his will? And is that, is, is that like a bad prayer now? No, I'm not saying it's, a, it's not a bad prayer. We pray for things we need, and he knows what we need. But there are times when our need and want is not his will. So if that person is not going to live, I mean, there are some times there where there's, um, there's healing. Some, yeah, exactly. Yes, right? Healing. But what if that is within his will? Mm -hmm. And all we can do is pray, and he knows what's going to be the outcome. So this is the fact that we have to accept that no matter what we do, his will is going to be done. Okay. Yeah. Does that make sense? Right, but in the prayer, mm -hmm. what are you saying? Are you talking about like when the person hears you, like <clears throat> no, no, no. for no, grieving no. or even if you're just, just like praying on your own for that person, it'll be like they don't have to be there. Okay. Like you're praying, like right, and when we like you were saying, like when we mm -hmm. pray, we want to be like a prayer according to His will. Mm -hmm. So do you pray simply, God heal them according to Your will, or do you just pray, God heal them, and if that's not what happens, does that mean you're praying outside of His will? So we get like, for example, we get the clear cut direction in like James chapter 5, where James says, Is anyone amongst you sick? Let the elders go, anoint him with oil, and pray for him. And then later on he says, For the power of uh, the prayer of the righteous shall do great things. So like, that's a clear-cut thing where he's telling his people, Go and pray for him. Mm -hmm. And so, I, I think the way that Nardi is defining praying according to God's will a prayer that's considered outside of God's will, part of it is it's self-serving, as she said. It's selfish. Or it's very clear-cut against the plan of God. You know, like, something about you wanting to go to a club, right? Like, gosh, should I, should I go to a club or something like that? That's clear-cut wrong. But when you have a case where you have the Word of God telling you, hey, pray for this person so that they may get healed, you're coming in with the idea that you want this person to get healed. You don't want them to die. But there's also the possibility that that person will die because everybody dies. It's just a matter of when. And so if I'm sick and you were to pray for me, I would want you to pray and say, God, let your healing hands be, be here. But not my will be done, but what your will. Just like Jesus' prayer, right? 
standing before, Jesus, uh, before God, he says, God, if this is your will, let this cup pass from me. But not let my will be done, and let your will be done. So, it's not, I don't see it as either or, but either you pray for <coughs> complete healing, or you just, like, a flimsy kind of... God, laissez-faire, whatever yeah, you want. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, there's a combination of, I'm coming in with the understanding that ultimately what God wants is going to happen is going to happen. I'm just praying what I want to happen for this person. God heals this person. God heals them. Praise God. God doesn't heal him. Praise God. But I don't, you know, so that's, you know, that's the way that I think scripture defines it is. You always pray whatever God says, you have to be okay with it. So like going in, you're okay with the fact that the opposite may be the answer. But that doesn't mean you shouldn't be faithful when you're praying. Like, if I'm going to come and pray for you, Bob, God forbid if you're ever sick, I will pray, God, heal this man once and for all so that he never has to deal with this again. Mm-hmm. Knowing that might not happen. And when we're talking about the will of God, it's in Romans 12, tells us that we have the ability to test and to know what the will of God is, right? Like I'll read, um, this is Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Do not be confirmed by the patterns of the world, be transferred by the living of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve the will uh, that the, the God will is good uh, and pleasing and perfect will. Like the, the, the point is, you and I have the ability to test and know what God's will is. But like God is not saying, I'm going to let them, like, I'm going to let them free in, in the darkness and I will not reveal myself to them. Even in moments when you are praying for someone who's sick, yeah. like for, for as long as it is, you can cry out, God, may you heal them, may you heal them. Trust me, there will be a point where God shifts your prayer and your heart will like submit to. God, may you do, like, whatever your will is, I'm submitting to that. Right? God is preparing you in, in that sense, that God is letting you know, like, my will may not be that healing is going to happen, my will is that they are with you. Right? Like, in that moment, you're sort of just submitting to the will of God. Right? But we don't go into a room where, like, oh, you might have this. I'll pray for you. It may not work, yeah. but. Okay, but, no, that was a great question. Yeah. Very clarifying. Yeah. Isn't that, oh, that what, kind of what, Jesus was doing when he was praying, except in, in that case, it wasn't uncertain. He was going to die, but yeah, he just said, "If yeah. it was me, you will let this mm-hmm. come." Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I thought that was just interesting because yeah. he still prayed, saying, <laughs> "You know, if there's any other way, He's a human. even knowing that there is no other way, yeah. Yeah. meaning we're supposed to pray anyways." Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that <laughs> was deep. Jesus yeah. is sympathizing with us, right? Here, right? That was deep. Yeah. Um, also, when we pray to add on to, great point, both of you guys, and very deep, <laughs> um, certain prayers, like certain healings, certain sickness, they might not be healed because that will be used for the glory of God. So like, for example, if you take Paul, who is a sick man, um, he asked for healing constantly, but he was never given that healing. Because God wants to be sick. I mean, is that what's his will? He says grace is sufficient. I don't know. Like, that's, you can't really bargain. That's where you can't bargain with God. If it's his will, it's his will. And, and I like, think just one last point. The point that she was making about, you know, first delighting in the Lord and then him granting you the desires of your, your heart. Part of delighting in the Lord is being spiritually mature enough to realize that you're not always going to get your way. In fact, <laughs> suffering is going to be part of it. So, suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance produces character. Character builds hope. 
So like, part of suffering is built into our lives. Like there's no way to avoid it. And so a person that's coming into prayer with that kind of spiritual maturity, part of it is I'm going to delight in the Lord regardless of any any outcome. And I think going into it with that heart, you're, you're already ahead of me. Uh, anything else to add? <laughs> no. Okay. So next we look at uh, what the Bible gives us as a reason. So I have like five reasons to why our prayers are not answered. So if I'll give five verses. Are you ready? Okay. First Peter 3, 7. Matthew 5, 23. Um, I'll have you read Matthew six fourteen. Um, first Samuel fifteen twenty two, and someone read Psalms sixty six eighteen. Psalm sixty six eighteen. So first Peter three seven. Mm-hmm. So Matthew six fourteen. Okay, so um, <clears throat> I'm about to read first Peter mm-hmm. chapter three verse seven. It says, in the same way you husbands met, give honor to your wives. Treat your wife with understanding as you live together. She may be weaker than you are, but she is... Is this right? Yeah. No! And I says, no, we hear about church 
His prayer is not gonna get answered. Good luck trying to get that answer. <laughs> You're looking for that's, that's what the word says. Somebody read it again. Cheater yeah. as you should. Well, I've heard it, but like, so your prayers will not be hindered. Therefore, if you don't cheat her as you should, your prayers will be hindered. Just say, like, abusive man. You know? Yes. That's also okay. for the women if you don't treat. Them. Yeah. If you're not submitting properly, they just don't like to make us in the Bible. <laughs> no, it's mainly for her husband. That's what it said. Okay, I'll stick to that. Because you have to, you know, live with with the yourself. Okay, so that's one reason. So unbalanced marriage. Um, second reason is Matthew five twenty three. Matthew five twenty three. Who's that? I'm reading Matthew five twenty three. This is in the United. Therefore, if you're offering your gift at the altar. And there, remember that your brother or sister has something against you. Leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to them. Then come and offer your gifts. Second go. Settle matters quickly with your adversary who is taking you to court. Do it while you're still on the way. Or your adversary may hand you over to the judge. And the judge may hand you over to the officer. And you may be thrown into prison. Truly, I tell you, you will not get out. Until you paid the last penny. Very much. So, if you are knowingly offending the first verse, knowingly offending someone, and you're not doing what you're supposed to do, then your prayer won't be answered. That's what I mean. Like, you're just going to jail? No, but I thought that was more of like, it was taking, and it, like, it'll... Manifest in your life to the point where you just go. Manifest. Sorry. No, that's not. <laughs> Sorry. I, 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 but we talked about in Bible study over quarantine, this idea of like when you don't forgive someone, you just fester. Mm-hmm. It takes root. And you will have to pay so much in your life for that to. I don't think you're actually going to jail. Well, no. Just like this. I don't know. It's a metaphorical. Well, it's not metaphorical. I should not have said that. I'm sorry. I confused. Okay. <laughs> but in a sense, you are prisoning yourself. Yes. When you are being an adversary to other people. So, metaphorically, you are. Metaphorically, it's completely realistic. Yes. And you're going to jail. Not really. Spiritual jail. <laughs> Spiritual jail. Okay. So, that's the second one. Third is Matthew 6 14. Do you also want to read this scene or not? We can do that. Matthew 6, 14 to 15. For if you forgive others when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Thank you. (laughs) So, unforgiveness. This chapter also, if you um, read a little bit, it tells you about the prayer. Um, Our Father, yeah, is in heaven. That prayer. If you don't know how to pray, pray that prayer. Um, like, you will be done. That's why I'm part of the prayer. Um, so, unforgiveness is three. So, four. First Samuel 15, 22. All right. Does the Lord delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as much as in obeying the Lord? To obey is better than sacrifice, and to heed is better than the fat of rams. Thank you. What was that, 1 Samuel? 1 Samuel 15, 22. So, deliberate disobedient. 
our obedience is better than sacrifice and our obedience come in when we are aligned within his will so that's four and five is psalms 66 18. 18. Mm-hmm. if i have cherished sin in my heart mm-hmm. the lord would not have listened okay. do you have what do you have what if I have cherished a sin in my cherish. heart, the Lord would not have listened. Should I read 19? You can. But God has surely listened and has heard my prayer. So that kind of gives context. But it's mainly the point is if you have one, a sin that you love, and that you know it's a sin that you have to let go of in order your prayer to be within God's will. This and also it's it can also be an unconfessed sin. So if you're not confessing your sin when you're praying and then turning your back on that sin, repenting, um, your prayer won't be heard. Okay. So these are the things that prevent and hinder us, um, our prayer, from being within the will of God. So we must be persistent in our prayer and seek His will. So we can gain that confidence that God, that the Bible talks about in First John. Um, also, in First uh, John five twenty one, you read that. I think that was interesting. First John five twenty one. Actually, read from fourteen to fifteen. No, 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 sorry. Yeah. <laughs> It starts from 14 to 21. Okay. I got 14 to 21. Yeah. I'm reading it. (laughs) (laughs) 14 through 21. This is the the confidence we have in approaching God. That if we ask anything according to His will, He will hear us. And if we know that He hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we asked of Him. Mm -hmm. If you see any brother or sister commit a sin that does not lead to death, you should pray and God will give them life. I refer to those whose sin does not lead to death. There is a sin that leads to death. I'm not saying that you should pray about that. All wronging, all wrongdoing is sin, and there is sin that does not lead to death. We know that anyone born of God does not continue to sin. The one who is born of God keeps them safe. And the evil one cannot harm them. We know that we are children of God and that the whole world is under the control of the evil one. We know also that the Son of God has come and He's given us understanding so that we may know Him who is true. And we are in Him who is true by being in His Son, Jesus Christ. He is the true God and eternal life. Build children. Keep yourselves from idols. Yes. What's the sin that leads to death? I don't want to get into that. Yes, it's a part of my... <laughs> I, was like, I was like, I should not have asked. I yeah. It's blasphemy the spirit. Yeah. We had a long list. Yeah. When? Monday Bible study. It's basically just blaspheming the spirit. But I was like, no, they're going to ask that. <laughs> but um, the main one, it was just a random thing that, like, in 21, he said, Keep yourself from idols. And I was like, you list all these things about prayer and then just kind of like eh, throw away things. Don't do idols. Don't do idol worship. And I was like, this kind of doesn't fit in this context. But it does. Because 
he's saying you must stay away from idols if you want our prayer to be heard. And he's not saying just like when we think of idolatry, we're talking, we're thinking of like worshiping like gods and goddesses and stars and that too um but this is also he's saying what is who is what is the thing the place the person what is in our lives that is accompanying accompanying our prayer time yes our prayer time um that is taking us from the will of god are we letting this idol share our the center of our heart because god does not like sharing he's not gonna listen to that prayer if we're we have one feet in into him and then one feet out into our idol um so it's important that we search and see who do we um idolize um as our center could be a person education it could be ourselves um so that we are so we know these things and ask forgiveness seek seek for forgiveness but put back god in that place as the number one so we are aligned within his will um so as long as there is an idol in our heart uh, that prayer will not be experienced um giving them up to his will I'm not saying don't pray for these people if there are people, if the idol is a uh, person, um, but give them up to his will, surrender them to him to do his will as he please and experience his will in your life. Okay? All right. Um, one last thing. Um, that was about just confidence in prayer. Second is, this is really short and self-explanatory, the privilege of prayer, um, the ability to talk to God. Mm-hmm. Prayer is our side of the conversation, which is why it's very important. Um, God speaks to us through his word, and yeah. we speak to him through prayer. Um, and you can't have this relationship without that side of the com- two-way conversation that's happening. The object of prayer is not to change the will of God but to align ourselves to his plan, seek his face, talk to him in spirit, and enjoy his presence to the fullest. Um, so exercising your privilege of prayer according to his will um, will ensure that our prayer are not in vain and we're not just yelling and screaming for hours for nothing. And Make sure that our desires are his desires. His will is our will. Okay? All right. That's all I got for you guys. Speaking of 